It's our last episode of the season. I'm emotional. You know this. I'm an emotional person. You, Josie will 1,000% cry in the next five Don't. minutes. I'm getting super, super emotional. And I'm drinking, which isn't helping. I know. You guys, it's the last episode of the season. We just want to say mm. we love all of you, unless you are a serial killer listening. Mm. For facts you on your own case. <laughs> someone ever. Yeah, we're not into that. Then we don't love you. But anyone that just is here because you love the show. Yep. Because you think we're great, which mm-hmm. is just, it's so crazy, Josie, because when, how's when we started, yeah. we only had like negative reviews. Yeah, people and didn't everyone, get us. Yeah, and it was only like our friends that told us we were good. And yeah. we were like, we're not good then because yeah. friends just tell you what you want to hear. It was really getting me down. Do you remember? I do. You were like, oh, I don't think the podcast And is- I showed my mum and she was like, fuck those fucking old cunts. <laughs> She did. She was like, they're old people. They don't understand. As <laughs> like, always, your mum, MVP. Like, I was like, mum, you're old. She's like, I know. But like, they're old people. They don't get it. They're there for like case file, a teacher's pet. That's not yep. what you guys are doing. Yeah. And she was angry because she saw that I was sad. Yes. But then people started reviewing. The best thing that's ever happened. And, and joining our group and getting us and we just can't thank you enough. We really can't because we've just had such a good time and we just genuinely really like chatting to you guys in the group. Mm. We genuinely think you're all hilarious and You share really people. interesting things. You do. Like no one has been shit yet. No one's been shit. Which is just nice. We thought we'd get trolls. We've gotten zero trolls so I remember far. like our first, one of our first people that asked to join the group that wasn't one of our friends yeah. and was a man, <laughs> we were like he's either a troll or he's going to kill us. And he actually ended up being really lovely and contributing to the group. Yes, I remember that. It's been amazing. I'm not going to name him because I don't want him to be offended that we thought that he was going to kill us. But he's been amazing. Everyone's been amazing. We love you and we'll definitely be doing more. Oh, yeah, don't even worry. Like we're going to be back within within the month. Yeah, we just just need a short break. Yeah, it's just, it's like, you know, it's coming up to Christmas here and... Mm. We just need to have a little quick break to like do normal shit and yep. then we'll be back on our murder bullshit again. We will be talking murder, crime, mysteries, supernatural stuff. Yes. There's heaps of cases that we we want to do that you guys have requested. Mr. Cruel. Kelly Lane. Pilbara P- Princess or Pilbara Princess. Pilaga. Pilaga Princess place. even. Different Not place. even the Pilbara. <laughs> We're in the Pilaga instead. Different place. Um Snowtown. Snowtown. Um, Claremont. Yep. So many. There's so many. There's um, so many. Heaps. Murder does not stop. Murder doesn't sleep. Uh, Mysteries don't sleep. Westall, UFO. The Min Min Lights. There's heaps. So many. Devil's Pool. Yep. I also have to tell you guys that me and Josie are about three wines deep oh, here. Oh, yeah. We've, it's turned into the all Aussie... The, <laughs> the all-Aussie the all Aussie drunk mystery hour yeah. in this last few episodes. All-Aussie mystery happy hour. <laughs> yeah. As always, like us, subscribe yep. on in- iTunes. On Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. We don't have an Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Should we page. start an Instagram? I was going to ask you this. Well, what are we going to do on it? Well, we can share the same things we share in the I mean, group. I don't want to manage it. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Okay, scrap it. I feel it. the group is enough. The Everyone loves enough. the group. The group is great. No Instagram. So come join the group. 
There's no Instagram. There's no Instagram. Don't by all go means, on Instagram. Go to Pedestrian TV's Facebook page and find all Aussie Mystery Hour as a group and join if you haven't already. Yeah, we'll it, accept you in lightning fast lightning time. Speed. Record time. Record time. Uh, also, yeah, hit us up on iTunes, subscribe. Tell Don't your friends. Don't just listen to the episodes, subscribe. It helps us. Yeah, it does. Tell your mates. Tell your friends. Like, be like me and say... Here, just give me your phone. I'll type it into the podcast yes. app. I'll find it and I'll just hit subscribe for you. I'm going to help you mm. by being a controlling That's psycho. what I do to yes. people that I barely know. I think my entire life could be summed up with I will help you by being a controlling psycho, <laughs> really. So, yeah, we but we love you guys. Thank you so much for everything. You've been amazing. Now Josie's going to start crying because I can see it. She's looking emotional. But... We genuinely just love doing this. It's like a highlight of our life and um, <laughs> she's fucking crying. I'm not. I did it. I I'm made her crying. cry. I made Josie cry. But, yeah, anyway, that's the end of the mushy, mm. mushy, mushy? Mushy. Mushy hour. <laughs> um, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. Because you know what? You said something before. Uh-oh. You said the word psychos. Yeah. And you know what these people are here for. Psychos for us to talk about actual psychos, and you are today. I've got the golden Australian psycho. We thought we'd end like season finale mm-hmm. has got to be something gold, it and does. this is gold. The, it's a big one. It's a big um, fish. You know how last episode we talked about Wolf Creek, Peter Falconio, and Peter Falconio, and you know Wolf Creek's a really famous. Aussie horror movie and then it became a TV show and it says it's inspired by true events or based on true events. Based on true events, I think. And so basically the filmmakers combined the Peter Falconio case with Ivan Milat and the Backpacker Murders. And that's what Mel's doing today. I sure am. maybe wasn't the best one to do while Three Sheets to the Wind. Also, it's right, grim. also right before I go on a fucking... Aussie road trip. And that's why I'm emotional because you're going on the road trip, you're yeah. leaving me. <laughs> so tomorrow I'm going on a three-month road trip mm-hmm. around Australia. Don't put any more details that's in this the episode. end of the details that you guys get so that in case the serial killers are listening, mm-hmm. uh, which is insanely batshit that we decided for the last two episodes to do literally two <laughs> road trip road trip related murders. But hey... This is what we're about. We live we live our truth, Josie. Mm-hmm. We live our truth. You know, life is ugly. We're not going to shy away from the <laughs> ugliness of we've life. Turned, we've gotten to the point of drunkenness where we're just like <laughs> saying like inspired quotes. Yeah, but I'm like so getting them wrong. To this. I'm but sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. This is what you came yeah, here for. It's episode fucking 20. By now, you know what you're here for. You know what you're fucking here for. And you know also, what I mean? You, this is what you like about us. You know? Yeah, you've been here for 19 episodes of Mayhem. In the first one, which I haven't even dared to listen to again because I'm so no. fucking nervous. It's stressful. And meek and polite. But I realised so many people start from the start, so so many people listen to that episode. And it was me going, um, the Beaumont kids. Um. And now we're sitting here <laughs> fucking throwing wine around the room. Just saying, who fucking cares? Who cares? I don't care. I don't even know if that's real. Who knows if that was true? I might get arrested tomorrow. Yeah. Police, so we've really, police are annoying me. We've really come a long way. <laughs> but, no. in, but in a very real way, we haven't. At all. Haven't. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we are still oh, terrible. Yeah. We're so bad. But anyway, yes, I'm doing the Backcracker Murders the slash. What? The what? Did back- you say Backcracker? No, the Backpacker oh. Murders. The Backpacker Murders slash Ivan Malat. Mm-hmm. You'd think there's no mystery here, Josie, but you would be wrong. Because, okay, there were murders, but he's in jail. Where's the mystery, Mel? Well, he's never admitted to the murders. <gasps> he's consistently denied it. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the theories, there's some murky elements. There's some murky elements. Not to say that he didn't participate in the murders, because I think he 100% was involved, but... Maybe he went down for someone else's idea. That's not where I was going necessarily, oh, okay. but I'm not going to tell you till the end. Okay, because that would be pointless. From Let's the beginning. start from the start. We're going to start on the 19th of September, 1992. Mm-hmm. Two runners were orienteering. Let's just start there. Orienteering is bullshit. Never do it. It's stupid. You do it What at are school. you doing? What are you doing with your life? Yeah. What are you doing with your life? What if we've got some listeners that are really into orienteering and you've offended them? Well, because you're my friend, because you're in the group. Mm obviously, if you're listening to us, <laughs> then I love you and I support your orienteering interest, <laughs> just like I support, like, my sister who has never seen any of the Matrix movies and refuses to, even though they're amazing. Yeah, that's weird. Yep. She's never seen them. She won't see them. Do you, What do you support of mine that's weird? Your stupid footy cards that you keep yes, buying. And Josie keeps buying these footy cards. She spends $5 a pop every time she goes. $3. Okay. <laughs> $3 for a weird packet of footy cards. Yeah. And then she gets excited when she gets her team. Yeah. But that's She's like one card years old. in the packet and then I just throw the other packet. It's not out. Tarzo years, okay? It's not the Tarzo <sighs> years of our youth. I've got an addictive personality. now. <laughs> okay, yeah. Anyway, the point is... Orienteering is dumb, but if you like it and you're our friend because you're in the group, which means you're my friend, mm. I support you. Okay, that's nice. The orienteering in Belangolo State Forest in New South Wales, they found a decaying corpse mm. on their travels. That is not what you want to find on orienteering. Let no, me just that's tell not you. why you orienteer. You're not orienteering to find a decaying corpse, I can tell you that but much. so many of these decaying corpses are found by just really wholesome people. Well, this is the that thing. That are out bushwalking or orienteering or camping or walking their dog. It's never like, oh, I was down the bush fucking punching a bomb <laughs> and then I tripped over an arm. You know what I mean? They're doing wholesome. They're always doing something wholesome activities. and that's what kills me. I know, I know. And, <laughs> and like it stresses me out because I quite like bushwalking. Same. I love a hike. I love a hike. Love I'm it. I'm not a hike. Let's, be, let's clarify that. I don't want to climb shit. I want everything to have a path mm. or a rail. Oh, wow. That's um, just strolling, mate. No, no. Please fuck off because you do not climb rock faces there. There's no path or I don't designated. go rock climbing, but I go hiking where like I got 200 metres into a hike and burst into tears in Hawaii. <laughs> I said to Julian, I can't do this. <laughs> and he had to like literally talk me off the ledge. And then I did it. It's one of the... Hardest hikes in the world. Oh, okay. Well, then fair enough. That's mm. why you cried. It's okay to cry yeah. when it's the hardest hike. It's not okay to cry <laughs> when it's like the Bondi to Bronte. No, that's that's a stroll, not that's a hike. That's a stroll. That's not a hike. But I mean like I'll go to the Blue Mountains and do the three-hour round trip bullshit, but I'm yes. not going to like go off off the grid and like try and make my own way into No, the I don't like that. I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. Well, anyway, these guys are like orienteering. Mm. They find a decaying corpse. The next day, police constables Suzanne Roberts and Roger Goh found a second body only 30 metres away from the first. Right. Police quickly confirmed the bodies were of Caroline Clark, 
and Joanne Walters, who disappeared from King's Cross in April 1992. Mm -hmm. So it's like six months earlier-ish. Walters had been stabbed 14 times, four in the chest, one in the neck, and nine in the back. The stab wounds to her spine would have paralysed her, which if you've seen Wolf Creek, immediate connection. And that is like my most hated scene in that movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so horrific. It's so fucked. And it's it's, you know what else it is? It's like... um, it's like when you think about being murdered or like someone killing you, which you obviously do mm. if you're interested in true crime because hello, always that's think all about we're thinking mm. about. Um, I think about the worst things that could happen <sighs> and I just feel like being that's, paralyzed so yeah. that your brain is active and you know what's happening. But That's horrible. You can't actually escape. You have no means of escape. You're done. That's it. Yeah. Like, yeah, awful. You can't fight back or, yeah. Yeah. Awful. Caroline Clark had been walked 10 metres away and shot 10 times in the head while blindfolded by her jumper and the police believe she'd been used as target practice. So this is like fucked up shit. That is so messed up. It makes me really angry. I didn't know. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, no, no. There's so much I didn't know. Like I knew, like, like I just knew anyone listening people to this dead in the yeah. forest. Like anyone listening to this who's Australian would know of the backpacker murders and I've yeah. been all that, I feel. But the details like fucked me up a bit. Yeah. Also, Belanglo State Forest, mm. quite away from King's Cross. Yeah. Well, so Belanglo, sorry, yes, I should give some background yeah. on the location. Just a gentle hint there well, that we do have some international fans. <laughs> we do. We do have F- some international fans. At least fans. five. <laughs> We've at least got five international fans that would like to know where Belanglo is. It's 15 kilometres southwest of Berrima, which mm. is probably like, I go to Berrima, I <laughs> sound like such a weirdo. I said this before about Berrima. I go there like often, but it's not like often like every week it's like it's just a place you've visited yeah many times in your life yeah it's a really cute town it's very yeah. popular for like sydney siders yeah. to go as a like little yeah it's vacay. like me as a newcastle person with like port stevens Absolutely. nelson bay shoal mm-hmm. bay love it yeah it's like an hour and a half yeah. away it's like not too far but far enough that you get out of sydney vibes yeah. so basically near sydney but not near enough when you're driving to canberra from sydney you go past like signs that say Belangelo State Forest. Yeah, it's kind I of. I remember my dad going, them. "Ooh, yes, that's where Ivan Milat killed all those okay. people." I'm Once like, again, dad. parents are fucked. Like, dad, great. Now I'm fucking terrified. Ten years old in the car. Thanks, dad. If it's not mum's telling us about no. Luna Park, <laughs> or there's fucking Michael Chamberlain. Yep, it's, it's dads. dads. <laughs> <laughs> the dads. <laughs> okay, back to the serious, sad sh- shit. Mm. Groups of wounds along the back of her head and the si- either side kind of hinted at that. So basically... The target practice. Yeah, the target practice. <sighs> I know. I hate it. I actually get so angry. Anyway, yeah. over the next five days, police obviously searched the forest thoroughly because they're like, what the fuck? Mm. They found no further evidence or bodies. At this point, investigators ruled out the possibility of further discoveries in the forest. So they sort of thought this was kind of it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> But then on October 1993, so mm. this is a year later, local man Bruce Pryor found a human skull and femur bone in a remote section of the forest. So Belanglo is really big. Yeah, that's It's the not thing. small. Yeah. And it's, it's not like a little know. park. Like it's yeah. massive. And I don't know how to explain our forests to overseas forests. I mean, I guess I feel like overseas does have forests like this. It's like I've been to... What's the one in America that's full of, re- like, activity? You know, like, the act- it's, like, and it's in, like, Yogi Bear. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> national Park. Well, yeah, like, national parks, forests, same fucking mm. shit, you know. 
um, Yellowstone is fucking massive. It spans. Oh, yeah. Two, three states, I yeah. think. And it's like down in Tassie, basically all of it is national park. Yeah. Like what, 85% of it or something exactly. insane. Exactly. So it's that kind of thing where it's like police can do what they can do, mm, but they but cannot fast. sift through yeah. every needle in a haystack. Yeah. So it's not weird that it took a year for this oh, guy to God find no. this at all. And he was probably doing something wholesome, might I add. Probably. It doesn't say, but probably. I, I believe Bruce Pry was just hanging out. Probably. Bruce was probably a sweet person. Well, here's another thing. People go to Belanglo and do mushroom foraging, which mm. is I would never eat a mushroom from there. It's no. definitely going to have human grew out of the bloody eye socket of one of Ivan Malat's. 1,000% it did. People. But, like, people do that shit. They like to do that shit. Wholesome. Anyway, he goes to the police. Good man. Yep. They find two more bodies. <sighs> they identify them as Deborah Everest and James Gibson, a young couple from Victoria. They'd been traveling to Confest, a music festival near Albury. And mm-hmm. it's really sad because Deborah's mother, Patricia, had actually, she spoke to someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I try to actually put all my sources in, but this time I don't know. So I'm sorry, but I don't know who okay. she spoke to. She spoke to someone. She spoke to someone about it. Uh, said this, and I quote, she said, she's talking about Deborah. Okay. I'll be back in three days and I'll clean those outside windows for you. Mm. Not that she was a great one for helping around the house. And it's really Mm. sad because it's like she's obviously saying this after the fact and it's sort of like she was just so chill about it and it's what we always talk about, Josie, about like hindsight and just normal things and you wouldn't even expect anything to go wrong. Yeah, and it's that thing of like you'd forgive her for anything just to have her back. I know. The mum was probably like, oh, my God, she was terrible around the I house. Know. and she was probably thinking that at the time. But honestly, I'd wash the windows every day for the rest of my life if I could just have her back. I know. So sad. So James Gibson's skeleton had eight stab wounds and a large knife had cut through his upper spine causing paralysis. So now oh. we're starting to see correlation to the previous yes, yeah. victims. So they could link them. Yes. The wounds to his back and chest would have punctured his heart and lungs. <laughs> Awful. Deborah had been badly beaten and her skull was fractured in two pieces. Her jaw broken and knife marks were found in her forehead, which is like that shit was not good. So fucked up. Yeah. In her forehead. In her forehead. <sighs> She'd been stabbed once in the back as well. Prior to this police had found Deborah's backpack and camera on the side of the road in Galston Gorge, which is in Sydney's northern suburbs, so that kind of confused them at first. Mm. So wait, they found that a while before they found their bodies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they'd found, like, so these, like, yeah, these people had been missing for, like, not an insanely significant amount of time because they're obviously travelling and Mm. it's the 90s, so it's not like we have social media. I'll text you, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like we have to remember this is like early 90s and it's pre-Facebook, it's pre-Instagram, it's pre-texting. So it's kind of like like my sister, for example, she's travelling around Europe and she's being such a shit Mm. and she just like messages us every few days on Facebook. Mm. And so it's like I feel like if she, if it was 1993, she'd be calling us once a month kind of vibes. Yeah. Yep. So, and yeah. it's kind of like, oh, these crazy kids off on their adventure. Exactly. And it's like it's, hard, it's long distance and they have to go get a phone card to <laughs> yeah. call and then go yeah. to the pay phone and mm. do that shit. So, yeah. Then on the 1st of November 1993, so now we're two months after their bodies have been found, a skull was found in a clearing of the forest by police sergeant Jeff Trichter. 
The skull was identified as Simone Schmiedel from Germany, who had last been seen hitchhiking on the 20th of January 1991. <sighs> Clothing was also found at the scene, but it wasn't Schmiedel's. It was identified as Anya Habsheeds. Habsheeds? Sorry. She was another missing backpacker. Schmiedel had been stabbed eight times and two had severed her spine. Oh, so we're, my like all the connections God. are like stop ranking. with the spine stabbing. I know. Just stop spine stabbing people. I don't care for it at all. No. Nah. Habsheed's body was discovered on the 3rd of November along with her boyfriends, Gabor Neubauer, in shallow graves 50 metres apart. So remember her clothes had been found yes. with Simone's, yep. but her body was found <sighs> a couple of days later. Neubauer's parents had flown to Australia in search for their son and his girlfriend because they hadn't heard from them for months. So they were already in Australia. It was really sad. I don't like it. It's really sad. And do you know what I think we do with with backpackers? Because we have a lot of backpackers travelling around Australia all the time. They love it. And you forget. I don't know if it's – it's like – Everyone seems like their own entity, I think, because it's like, oh, you're from Italy. It's like you're just here and you're from Italy and mm. you forget that, like, these people have families at home yeah. and they contact their families. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that are worrying about them. Yeah. It's, it's like not all funny. Peter Falconio case, how their parents were worried about them coming here. Yeah. Apparently. Because, yeah, yeah. it's so far away. It's so far away from Absolutely. the rest of the world and especially in the 90s, mm-hmm. like at least Joanne Lee's in – you know how I said she went to the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, at least it was the internet, but still, she had to go to a library to email her mum. Yeah, it's not on your phone. It's not on a phone, so it's even worse back in the nineties. And think about people that were traveling in the seventies. And when you're traveling, you're just like, yeah. But we're here living our lives. Yes, and that's sometimes really hard to, you know, when someone doesn't call you enough, and you're like, I'm here worrying about you. Yeah, but they're just like over there having a good time and that's probably what these people's parents were probably like, okay, yep, they're just having yep. a good time. Okay, now I'm worried. It's yep. been, you know, months. Exactly. That's not normal. They wouldn't yes. do that. Yes, to it's us. like and the sad thing is it's like you would go as long as you could just being like, it's probably fine, it's probably fine until the point where you like panic. You know? Yeah. That's so sad. Side note, I'm obviously going to be texting you every day when I'm on my road trip. Yes, because you're I'm be freaking out. I'm already worried. You are. About you. So I want, and your family would want regular check ins. Well, yeah, they're already getting their own check ins. And I'll it, give is, you it is 2000 and what year is it? 18. It's 2000. <laughs> and we have, you know, Facebook and phones. Yes. And there's great reception in some areas. So, I need regular check-ins, please, and thank you. Absolutely. So Habsheed's head had been decapitated, <sighs> which is fucked, I with one God. movement, which oh. is just horrific. Oh. And she, her head had, sorry, and her head actually never was found despite extensive searching. Oh, my God. I know. <sighs> Neubauer had been shot in the head six times three from the base of the head and three from the left side. All of these bodies, like all the ones I've spoken about, Mm. had been deliberately placed face down with their hands behind their backs. To every single body? Yes. How many are we up to now? Can Um, we just do a quick little audit? I think it's six. Six. It's six. They were all found in kind Mm. of pairs. Yeah. Maybe it's seven. No, I think it's seven. Because there was a couple and another girl. Well, there's Simone Schmiedel. 
Yeah. Then the couple, which is Anya and her boyfriend, Gay War. Yeah, I think it's seven. I think it's seven. Because it was two. Well, it's seven all up. Yes, yeah, so it is definitely seven. Wow, that math is not our strong suit. It I'm really so isn't. It's not. As I've said before, we're serious journalists and we're word people, not number people. We both failed maths, probably. I didn't even do maths. There you go. So the bodies were found, all of them, face down, hands behind their backs, and they were covered with, this is so fucking creepy, by a pyramid of sticks and ferns. So I was reading. What the hell? Yeah, and I was reading one account and it was like somebody that had been at the scene and it was like they're literally taking off these like bigger pyramid and then there was like a smaller one. So it was like a real weird and ritualistic murders. It was very true detective season one. Yes. Bullshit, oh, I remember you know? near the tree and. Which P.S. if you haven't seen, fucking, fucking go watch that right now. Stop the podcast. Yeah. I know you love us. Yeah. And this is fascinating, but just press bloody stop. You can come back. And go and find True Detective. Season one only. Don't watch season two. It's shit. Although there's a line in season two that's stuck with me. I don't think I've even seen it. Rachel McAdams' character says the key difference, I'm paraphrasing, Mm. the key difference between the sexes is that one can kill the other with their bare hands. And as a woman, don't you just feel that? Yeah, I feel that. I love it. I really do. I mean, it's fucked. But that the rest of it's shit. Don't bother. Yeah, Colin Farrell's quite like sexy in it. Yes, but and Rachel McAdams is a boss. Like we yeah. love her, but season one only. Yes, continue. So pyramid of sticks and ferns. Forensic Fucked. studies showed that they had each suffered stab wounds to the torso, mm-hmm. and that the killer had spent considerable time with the victims both during and after the murders because there were campsites that were found close to the location of each body, which is really. <sighs> This is what really upsets me is like all murder is bad. All yep. of it is bad, right? To me, the worst kind is when these fucking psychopaths play with their victims. Yep. It's like it's like when we were reading I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yeah. And as we've talked about extensively read maybe it. in this podcast. I don't know because we talked about Strange Beside Me. But you've got to read I'll Be yeah, Gone Michelle in the Dark. Yeah, Michelle McNamara, like <sighs> – Fucking, God, she just did the most amazing job. Anyway, so this book. Um, it's about the Golden State Killer, which is the name she came up with because she and police realised that a few different nicknamed offenders were the same person. So yes. she gave them an umbrella name. Yes. And one of his, what's the <sighs> thing you say? Um, M, like his MO, MO, like his signatures. Yes, his MO. Josie watches forensic files. She knows more than me about murders. Is was to like let the person that they've already raped I hate it just be like tied up and lying there and think that they've gone like hours have passed and then scare them by just being like <gasps> yeah or something he'd you know, literally like, make his footsteps go away and close the door and then he'd creep back in and then she, they'd think that he'd gone and then he'd like knock a glass off a bench or something. It's horrific. Like it's I just psychological. Think- those yes. people are still alive, but did you finish the Ted Bundy strain no, of society? He admitted eventually, sorry, spoiler alert, mm. that he would go back and visit the corpses and he was a necrophile. Yeah. As well as being a fucking serial killer and doing terrible things to people, he'd also go back and interfere with the bodies. That's which is so just fucked. like you've already killed this person. Just leave them and be thrown them into the bush, which is the that's so, like, you disrespected this person already and then you can't even let them rest. Yeah. You're going back to do things or you're hanging around, like, in this case. like it's horrific. Like, 
You think murder can't get any worse? It can. Yeah, it absolutely can. So then in 1993, a woman known as Mary called the police hotline that had been set up. And she said in 1977, her and her friend Therese were hitchhiking as 18-year-olds and they accepted a lift from Liverpool in Sydney, which is a suburb of Sydney. Western Sydney? Yes. To their Canberra home from a man who was, quote, in his early 30s with, quote, black straggly hair. Mm-hmm. South of Mittagong, which is midway, I would say. He stopped to buy petrol and then turned right off the Hume Highway, which is the big highway that runs down between Sydney and Canberra, Mm -hmm. saying it was a shortcut to Canberra. Then he turned onto a dirt track minutes Mm. later, stopped the car, opened the boot and the bonnet for some reason, grabbed Mary and said, okay, girls, who is first? (gasps) I know, it's terrifying. It's literally my worst nightmare. It's an actual nightmare. Mary, because she's a fucking boss, punched him. (laughs) She's like Mick Fanning with the shark. I know. And then she and Therese ran into the bush. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm so impressed. I love Mary. They ran into the bush and they lay there for several hours like (gasps) Joanne Lees. Joanne Lees. Mm -hmm. Boss. Uh, Also a boss. Until he gave up looking for them. And then they actually managed to find a farmhouse and ended up being safe. But they didn't report it to the police. Why not? Um, I don't know. And maybe because they were so young, they were just freaked yeah. out. And I guess, like, sometimes I'm like, look, if it's already happened. Yeah, they kind of maybe. And, like, and I can't remember anything, but he had straggly hair. Like, what can they do almost? I know. So Therese also called the hotline independently oh, of all things. And right. their statements matched. So okay. police were like, something's yep. going on here. Mm-hmm. So then in March 1994, they were shown a series of pictures that included Ivan Malat and his brother Richard Malat. Therese pointed to Ivan and said his brows and the shape of his mm. face were similar. And then she said Richard's face triggered a memory. Mm-hmm. So this kind of put Malat into the, like, mm. mix of suspects, I guess, you know. How did, you don't know this, I'm going to ask Just ask me, it. ask me. How did they end up in that photo lineup? Well, I actually will get to that. Oh, okay. I do actually fucking oh know that. God. Can you believe it? I mean, I wasn't discrediting you. No. Josie likes to ask me questions. I do, but because you hadn't mentioned how, I just didn't know if that was mm. a fact that you knew, but you know. So I I'm actually do know, but I'm going to unfold. I'll get to it when I'm talking oh, my please, theories please. to do with Ivan Malat. Yeah. Then, 13th of November, 1993, mm-hmm. police were called by Paul Onions, oh. greatest name <laughs> In the history of names. Like, like, you know how people are called Cooper and it means they made barrels or whatever? Yes. Like, how do you become onions? You grow onions. Did you grow onions? Is that it? You absolutely must have grown onions. But wouldn't you just be Paul Farmer? Yeah, well. I love it. I love it it so much. I just love it. So he's a UK resident. Oh, you're Mason. I'm, yeah, well, I'm a Mason. Mm. I think my... Past were stonemasons. Do you know what Rosenberg means? What? Mountain of roses. That's pretty. Isn't that the most beautiful what thing ever? What does Clark mean? Oh, like a clock, like someone that like, takes records of things. Okay, well, let's just go How with boring, but Mountain of Roses. Beautiful. <laughs> mountain of Roses, beautiful. Beautiful, amazing. Back to the ugliness Iconic. of Ivan Milat. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Paul Onions, 13th of November, 1993. He was a UK resident who had been backpacking for several years before that in Australia and he'd accepted a ride south from Sydney looking for some fruit picking 
which is the thing that backpackers do here, extends your visa, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, you can do the working holiday mm-hmm. like um, Peter and Joanne did. Yeah, P.S., fruit picking, what a job. Yep. I, would, I would do it. Mm-hmm. I think you guys, it's fun. It sounds fun. Yeah. That's an aside. If you're an international listener, come and do it. Come and do it. Then join the group. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone here will murder you. No, we won't murder you. No. We don't have fruit picking farms though, so that's not helping you. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. So Paul Onions <laughs> is here. He's looking for fruit picking. He gets in this car with a man known only as inverted commas Bill mm. on the 25th of January, 1980. So we're going back. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we're just going back to the 80s now. Yeah. Well, well because we're in the 70s. Ter- yeah, Therese and Mary. Therese and Mary was in the 70s. So it's just kind of like piecing together some stuff to put Ivan Milat into the mix. Like you just yes, asked me. exactly. Into the police interests. You know when they say person of interest? Yes. Here's a quote that I don't know where it's from because I didn't write it down because I'm a terrible human being. You know what? This was like we had to smash out a couple more episodes. <laughs> I don't feel like this is an excuse for like not crediting <laughs> these poor serious <laughs> journalists. These are the same. These are obviously from mm. the same story because they look like the same text. But anyway, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what Paul Onion said yeah. to someone. He told me he was called Bill and seemed a genuine and friendly man. After we set off in his four-wheel drive, I talked about my family and plans in Australia and he chatted about the sort of work he did. He was quite cagey about his job and all he would tell me was that he spent a lot of time on the road. He was about an hour into the journey and I noticed Bill's attitude change like a Jekyll and Hyde character. I started to feel very nervous. My worst fears became a reality when the man I later knew as Ivan Malat <gasps> stopped the vehicle close to the uh, entrance to Belangelo State <gasps> Forest. No. He stepped out of the car and told me he was looking for some cassettes under the seat. Cassettes, very 80s. Yeah. I felt slightly suspicious, as, so I followed him out of the car using the excuse that I needed to stretch my legs. But he started to get agitated. Mm. After a couple of minutes, we both got back in the car, but seconds later, Malak got out again and started rummaging under the seat. No, stop rummaging. I know. Before I had a chance to question him, he pulled out a black revolver (gasps) and pointed the gun straight at me. So he then tied Onion's hands with some rope, Mm. but he escaped while Bill shot at him, and he flagged down a motorist called Joanne Berry, who then reported the assault to the police as well. So Paul Onion's statement was backed by Berry's statement. Yep. And so Ivan Malat, based off these, you know, multiple reports, was mm-hmm. put into the mix essentially. So that's probably how he got put into the mix for the girls. Right. Yep. But basically, yeah, this is how his name kind of got into it. So let's talk about Ivan Malat. Yeah, who is Who Ivan is Malat? he? I watched a fabulous doco, which I've mentioned in the group. Is it the doco or is it called Catching Malat and it's the movie? No, it wasn't the movie. Fuck, I was going to talk about the movie soon, but yes, tell me about no, the No, I'm not going to like really go into it because I can't really remember, but it was weird. It was like, it was one of my first, like a share house, but with friends. And for some reason we were like, you know, you don't really watch free to air TV. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know why, but we watched it. It was like a multiple part doco and we were just fascinated by it. I think it was like after Underbelly was on mm. and they were like, before or after Underbelly, watch this Ivan Malat thing. It was so fascinating. Went into all his family, everything, and it really painted a picture. Yeah. But, like, he's fucked. But anyway, continue. He's, he's so Tell fucked. us why he's fucked. Born in Guildford, New South Wales in 1944, 
He's the fifth of 14 children. Is he that old? 1944? Yeah. Fifth of 14 children. Mm. And he was employed as a road worker at the time of all of this stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he became a suspect early on because police knew he'd served prison time in 1971, mm. where he picked up two 18-year-old hitchhikers. Loves a hitchhiker. Margaret and Greta in Liverpool and offered to drive them to Canberra. This is before, this is before wow, okay. um, Teresa and inverted Teresa commas Mary. Mary. He took them to a secluded spot near Goulburn. Because Liverpool and Canberra are very far apart. This is a multiple hour trip. Yeah, and it's really interesting that he'd got these girls in 1971 and then in 1977 it was inverted commas Mary. Mary. And Therese. Yeah. So they're definitely not the same because I was like, ooh, am I confusing the two no, things? No, it was but just it's like not. a thing. It mm-hmm. was a, an MO. Well, it was definitely an MO and then it was the same suburbs, which is really mm. interesting. Anyway, former detective Clive Smalls, who was part of Task Force Air, which was the task force set up to catch Ivan Milat, wrote for Sydney Morning Herald in 2014 about the events of this 1971 case. And he said, quote, At first Ivan said that he wanted to make love to both women. But when they rejected him, he threatened them with two knives saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill the both of you. You won't scream when I cut your throats, will you? Either one of you has sex with me, has sex with me, or I will kill you both. Greta pleaded with Ivan to drive away and leave them alone, but Margaret agreed to have sex with him oh. if he didn't carry out his threat to kill them. Margaret. Ivan then raped Margaret, telling oh. Greta, don't watch us look out for any cars coming. And it really... I fucking hate, I fucking hate rape so much. I mean, obviously everyone does, but, like, the reason it's so fucked is, like, as a woman, as much as you don't want to admit this, many men are stronger than you. Yep, well, like Rachel McAdams said. Yes. They're capable of killing us with their bare hands. And so it's like... And women are amazing. You can be as feminist as you fucking want and you can, as a little girl, you're now told you can do anything you want. And you, you can. can. go and be the Prime Minister. We've had a female Prime Minister. Like, you can go and do anything. We've got more rights now than we ever had. Yes. But at the base level, they're stronger than us. Yes, for the most part. Like, I mean, you can obviously go and be a bodybuilder and you can be stronger yes. than a lot of men. And, like, I've definitely dated people who I could be stronger than, but then I've also dated people that are 100% stronger than me. And it's quite scary Hmm. because this is the thing with rape is that, like, you go, okay, what's my best option here? Mm. Like, I totally understand why Margaret did what she did because it's like, okay. Like, I'd rather live. This is my situation now and you're probably going to overpower me anyway. And my friend's here. Are we both going to die or am I just going to fucking let him, this creep, do this? Exactly. We've just got this vulnerability. And it's like with Joanne, how she yelled out of the car, are you going to rape me to yeah. Bradley John Murdoch? Yeah. Because that, that's where your mind goes. It if is. If your boyfriend's been killed and you've been tied up, you're like, well, I know what's going to happen now. And police did find that that's what he was planning to do with her. Yeah. It's awful. And it's it's a shitty thing about being a woman. It is. It's insanely shitty. God, I could rant about it for hours. Anyway, Margaret is an angel. Yes. So they also knew that Ivan and his brother Richard Malat worked on the road gang. So you remember Mm. I said that he Mm -hmm. was a road worker. Mm -hmm. So they knew about that between Sydney and Melbourne. 
They also knew that he owned a property near Belangelo. Mm. And he had sold a Nissan Patrol shortly after the discovery of Clark and Walter's bodies. So there was some sus shit going on with Ivan Milat. P.S. Segway, I'm going to tell you about a story of a person that I know mm. who remained nameless because I remember asking if I could talk about this story. And they said... Absolutely not. Well, they said they were... No, they wouldn't say no. They were just kind of like, oh, but like awkward about it. Basically, mm. their dad lived in the vicinity of where Ivan Millat lived mm. or where he had this property that was near Belanglo. So it's mm-hmm. out near Goulburn somewhere. Yeah. And they sold a gun to him before all of this happened, obviously. So mm. before... And before the, our gun laws became really strict. Absolutely. Which was after... Port Arthur, 96. Sorry, 96. 96. Yeah. So this is before all of that. Mm. Just farmer to farmer kind of vibes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um... Not which is wild. Yeah, just for like shooting pests, not humans. Yeah, not humans. Definitely Mm. not humans. So yeah, so that's wild. Also, acquaintances told police about Malat's obsession with weapons. Mm -hmm. So basically, this was all in that doco I watched as well. Like a real obsession with guns. Yes, yes. So then, on the fifth of May, nineteen ninety-four, onions. Love him so much. Positively identified Malat as Bill. Mm-hmm. So then Ivan Malat was arrested on the 22nd of May 1994 at his home in Eagle Vale with 50 police surrounding the premises, <sighs> including heavily armed officers from the tactical operations unit. So it was wow. like a big fucking deal. Because they knew he had some stuff. Yeah. On they him. were like they mm. were like 99.99% sure at this point, I reckon. Also, the homes belonging to belonging to his brothers Richard, Alex, Boris, Walter, and Bill. He had yeah. a brother called Bill. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The show is really about his family. Yeah. They were also searched by over 300 police. Mm. Ivan Malat's home had a cache of weapons, including parts of a .22 caliber rifle that matched the murder weapon type, mm-hmm. plus clothing, camping equipment, and cameras belonging to several of the victims. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he was pretty much up shit creek without a paddle. Can I just ask? No bullets were found at the scenes, though. Um, I don't know things about guns. They found casings and yeah. stuff, so okay. that's why they matched the murder weapon. So it's called policing your brass. If you don't collect your stuff, yeah, okay, you're not policing your brass. So that like the casings, like the bullets, they can literally match to the gun. Mm. The casings are less conclusive. Interesting. Mm. How do you know that forensic file? No, just years of being a fucking sicko and watching (laughs) crime shows and both fictional and real. Just me being a fucked up bitch. (laughs) Just being a weirdo. (laughs) Reading crime books. But I loved, I like to say policing your brass about everything. Like if someone like leaves a skid mark in the toilet, I'm like, you didn't police your brass. Oh my God, I'm going to start using that. Yeah, or if you're at the movies and you leave your Coca-Cola cup in the thing, I'm like, police your brass. Because it's basically cleaning up after yourself. Yeah. So they originally charged char- <laughs> they originally charged Ivan Milat with robbery and weapons charges. Mm-hmm. And then after continued investigations into what they found, they charged him with the murders of the seven backpackers. He was found guilty on the 27th of July, 1996. Fuck you, Ivan Milat. Stay in fucking jail till forever. Bye, bitch. Bye. Rot. Side note, in jail, he's a bit of a little shithead. He cut off his little finger in 2009 mm. with a plastic knife. Remember that. Intending to send it to the high court after a series of unsuccessful appeals, which, like, 
Cool. Cut off all your fingers, Mate. you piece of shit. Do whatever you fucking want. I don't give a shit. Mate, your appeals aren't going to work. No. Because you're a fucking murderous And it's very fucking dickhead. obvious that you're a murderer. Yeah. He also went on a hunger strike in 2011. Good. Starved to death. Because he had an unsuccessful attempt to get a PlayStation. Dull. No. 2011, there were no good games out then. There weren't. And also, I don't <laughs> care. I just don't care. <sighs> so you really, get a, You know what he wanted to do? Shoot people in shoot games. Shooting probably. games. Yes. Because he couldn't go and shoot them in the fucking forest. Yes. And good that he can't, mm. frankly. So this is where the mystery comes in because obviously Ivan Milat 100% connected He's to this fucking involved. thing. He has done some shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the mystery is that several people have insinuated that there were more than one murderer. Mm-hmm. And that's what this documentary did as well. Yeah. So and it's this kind of thing. And this has come up recently actually mm. with this whole thing of like, was it just Ivan Milat? I mean, firstly, he's never admitted that he did anything. So yeah. there's that element, but like mm. he 150% did. Yeah. So and we've I talked don't care about, what you say, Ivan Milat. We've talked about in previous episodes from our 20 episode season. I mean, do you just feel so accomplished? I'm just taking a, a zesty sip of my <laughs> wine, Josie, because we are really smunty, just like we've achieved something. We have. One thing. Now, one lives. thing in our lives has been achieved. Anyway, we've talked about how people don't do the deathbed confessions or even the jail confessions because they don't have the same emotions or guilt or feelings. Mm. And I've said that even Ted Bundy kept saying I'm innocent, like literally there was so much connecting him. Like it was just like, mate. And then when he really knew that he'd done his dash because he appealed against his death sentence for years. Like he was on death row for years. And he finally was like, okay, now I'll tell you some details. Yeah. But it even took him a while. So I don't think not confessing is... Oh, absolutely not. That's not enough. But I think it's like the fact that the family was quite weird and that's what the whole doco went into. Richard Malat was kind of pointed at by those women. There's a thought that maybe it was a group of them. Yes. Sorry, am I... You're almost ruining it, but you haven't yet. <laughs> so let's start with Jared Dutton, who oh. was a ballistics expert involved okay. in the case, and he spoke to The Independent. See, look, crediting my source. Crediting. In, ni- in 1914, 2014. <laughs> Fuck. He travelled back in time. He travelled back in time to talk to The Independent, which probably didn't even exist in 1914. <laughs> In 2014, he said, quote, looking purely from the firearms evidence, it's suggestive of a second person. It's not conclusive proof, I have to say, but to my way of thinking, it suggests that. And the reason he said this is because cartridge cases found near the bodies of Neubauer and Anya Habshid, which were the boyfriend and girlfriend that were found, that their parents came over were from two different brands of ammunition fired from different guns. Right. Which is sus. It seems weird that you would take two guns and shoot in different directions if you're one person. It's weird. That's not something you would do. So he said, quote, there was no crossover of one type of cartridge being used in another gun. One brand was used in one gun and another brand in the other. So separate guns, which is... I feel like that's very unusual. It is very unusual. Mm. That to me is suggestive of two people with two guns and two different boxes of ammunition. Mm -hmm. Whatever they were doing, whether they were target shooting Mm. at the time, suggests they were two different people. That's not definitive proof, Mm. but it's more probable. 
Yes. And look, I'm with him. Same. And also, that is so fucked. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I hate all this target practice bullshit. I just hate... Like human target. I hate yeah. it. I hate, like I said, I hate when they play with their victims. It's like you're fucked up anyway for murdering people as is. But to torment people before they die is mm-hmm. just... It's horrific. It upsets me so much. It's I just so No one should be tormented. It's just They're not animals. <sighs> He also felt that the two British girls were killed in markedly different ways and that was a hint that there were two killers because they were. One was stabbed, one was shot, remember? Yes, true. That one I don't 100% agree with because I think if he was that fucked up, he could have stabbed one and then been like, I'm going to fuck around with you. Yeah, and because I don't really want to bring this up again, but because Mm -hmm. the girl that was stabbed was paralysed, he could have made her watch while. Absolutely. I know. It's fucked up. He, you know target practiced on her friend which is fucked but it's something that if you are a depraved psychopathic human you would think would be really funny or would get you off or whatever the fuck people do this for well the only other thing is then dr rod milton who was a forensic psychiatrist used as a profiler on the case said in the same article when you look at Malat, he's a cold, distant person who might have fired shots into the head. He was more deliberate. He was much more rigid, whereas the other person gave the impression of being impulsive and sadistic. The nature of the action suggested two people. Mm. That's a good point. Because mm. this guy's like literally his job is to look at fucked up people the and minds. be like, what's your yeah. mind about this? Yeah. But and- might I add that Paul Onion said that Malat had a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde vibe going. True. You mildly jumping ahead to oh, when sorry. we talk. No, well, you're not because you're sorry. like, I'm really. Well, interested. you are and you're not because you're sort of like, I guess maybe this is just a mishmash because it's the last episode. So whatever, baby. <laughs> it's just how we do it. So showbiz, baby. That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, but basically, sorry. we're just discussing the theories that we believe as as they come. Mm. As they fall, because as the chips may fall as they may. Like some of our detractors have said, it's just a chat between friends. We are now the teenage girls on the train, except <laughs> we're the drunk ones. <laughs> the so. drunk teenage girls on the train discussing Ivan Malat. Yes. Is there anything worse? Oh, my God. Have we even talked about your moment about yes. Ivan Malat? We have Literally talked about it before. Literally like one of the first episodes. We did. I love Ivan Malat. I screamed on a crowded bus <laughs> to my boyfriend <gasps> who had like quietly brought him up. Oh, my God, <laughs> he said, you are. He said, babe, you can't just say that. You I can't. Like, I was like, you know what I mean? I find the case interesting. And that's why I keep interjecting here because yes. it's really it's fascinating. fascinating. But I fucked. don't love him a lot. I need to say that. I don't love the man. Do I no. need to bring up Charles Manson? Oh, me thinking he mm. was hot. Well, just your like, obsession and when he died. Oh, yes. We were all like... <laughs> He died. We got the news here in the newsroom because we actually do have another job when we, <laughs> we write do. stories, articles, news articles. Yes. Pedestrian.tv is a news <laughs> website, <laughs> um, if you didn't know. So Charles Manson dies and Mel's like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> and we all had to basically ban Mel from writing the story yeah, because we knew allowed. she'd go into like a sympathetic vibe because she just loves cults and she's just fascinated by the whole thing. It's fascination, yes. And one of our writers, Cam, was like, I'm going to take over this one. (laughs) Literally, he was like, I'm going to take this off you And he did it really straight. (laughs) And I remember the social copy was just rot. (laughs) 
Yes. Which you would not have written. You'd no, be I like, wouldn't have. We miss you. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> wow. Anyway, we're just fucked. Yeah. Um, continuing on. Mm. On 18th of July 2005, Malat's former lawyer, John Marsden, P.S. Wow. Briefly, no, it's not. Oh. That's what I fucking did. No, the day after tomorrow. Tomorrow when the war began. Tomorrow when the war began. The day after tomorrow. That's what I fucking did, Josie. I yelled it out to the office. I said, oh, my God, Malat's lawyer was the writer of Day After Tomorrow. And they were like, no, he's not. Tomorrow when the war began. Whatever. Tomorrow when the war began. (laughs) For our non-Aussie listeners, it's an iconic uh, YA author. It is. Um, So it's it's not not, the same. But it's not the iconic. It's not John Marsden, the iconic YA author at all. Um, he said he made a deathbed statement, John Marsden did, in which he claimed that Malat had been assisted by his sister, Shirley <gasps> Sawyer, who died in 2003 in the killings of <gasps> two of the British backpackers, the two, sorry, the two British backpackers. That's so rare. Yes. I know. We talked about these deathbed statements. Not no, I mean a female them. killer. Oh, Okay. I was talking about the deathbed statement. Also, but he was a lawyer, so. True. Not a psychopathic killer. That's insane. Yeah. Shirley, no. I feel like that was in the doco. It probably was, yeah, yeah, because it's all about the family. And then also there were two other murders that happened in 2010, which is wild, that also basically the bodies were found in Belangalo. the first one, at first people thought was connected to Malat, but it wasn't. This was in August. It was Carly Jade Pierce Stevenson. You'd probably remember this. She was 22 from Alice Springs and her daughter, Candelise Kiara Pierce, who was two years old, was found in a suitcase near Waiaka oh, in South yes. Australia. Do you remember it? Yeah. I remember it too. Um, they actually, 41-year-old Daniel James Holdham actually faces court in November the 9th this year. Right. After pleading guilty to the murders. So that kind of came out, like connecting him to the mm. case came out after the fact. But when it happened, um, that was also at the same time as the body of David, oh, I can't say this name, Orcoloni, Orcoloni, was found. 17 years old and three teenagers, including Matthew Malat, Ivan's relative. Mm-hmm. Were charged with the murder slash with accessory oh, to the his murder. Nephew? Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I tried to find out what the rel- relation was, and all I could find was that he was a blood relative. Ugh. Um, because it was kind of hushed up because yeah. all the news articles at the time were happening around the time they were convicted, and it's all the legal stuff yeah. to do with writing about that sort of thing. But basically, they lured him into the forest because it was his birthday. It's so sad. Oh, no. It's so. It's so no, sad. Like it was it. his birthday and they lured him into the forest and then he was hit on the back of the head with an axe and they <gasps> basically cut him up. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Why? Like, I just don't. And the thing is, in the same year, Les Kennedy wrote for the Sydney Morning Herald and he was the author who wrote Sins of the Brother, which was a book, a really famous book about the Ivan Malat case. Um, he wrote, quote, Gabor Neubauer, whose neck was broken and spine severed, and Anya Habsheed, who was decapitated, were found under large logs 200 metres from a campsite littered with bottles and cans shot to pieces. And when they found David, his body was near a campsite. 
with beer right. bottles and so on. Right. So it was this kind of like freak out of everybody being like, shit, is this connected? Mm. And I guess he's connected, but 17 years old, he would have been a little kid at the time. That's so pretty it's, wild though. I know. And I like just want to know what relative he was. I could not for the life of me find it. And I was reading all the sources, Josie. I was doing my work. Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes it's hard. Like, yeah. To find after the fact. Yes. All of these, because every kind of article just quotes another article. Yeah. And it's also because a lot of the articles written about it were written about it when it just happened. Yeah. Not when the case was going on because, mm. yeah, like it just, yeah, it was hard to find. Like, I think what happens for anyone that isn't a journalist listening to this is you can't, often you can't reveal information. Mm-hmm. So you've only got limited information you're allowed to reveal while the trial is yeah. actually on. Yeah. So there were actually articles where his name was redacted. Right. Because it was like, <laughs> Yeah, because then obviously. the jury, if anyone saw it, then they'd be like, Malat. Yes, exactly. Guilty. So that's why it's difficult. But yeah, I guess I'd wrap this up with Chief Inspector Pamela Young of the Homicide Squad telling the Herald Sun at the time of these 2010 murders being found, the bodies being found. Mm. We've all shaken our heads about just the series of happenings down that way. The forest has some isolation. I suppose it has some attraction to people. So Mm. her theory is kind of maybe it's just that the forest is the way that it is and people bury shit there and it's not connected. Well, it's like me with all my water-based crimes. You just toss people into bodies of water because it's vast and you think people will disappear and you can almost hide in plain sight if you put someone in a big forest. Part of me thinks Malat did it himself, Ivan. Part of me thinks his family's fucked up and were involved. I tend to think so. Yeah. Because it sounds like two different styles of killing, although Paul Onions did say he was a bit Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Um, But I think... Yeah, and maybe he was influenced. Is his brother Richard older? I don't know. Because, you know, if, like older sibling, maybe he just like took the fall almost. Yeah, that's true. Well, not took the fall because he never admitted to it, but like. Got caught and didn't yeah, name his he brother. he wasn't going to be like, oh, it's my brother. Well, that's super the thing, scary that there could be other people out there. Well, and that's what's terrifying about it, isn't it? And brought up briefly in the um, Jordana Kotevsky episode that there's a string of missing people from the Hunter region and Malat was working in Newcastle at the time. Yes. Or around the Hunter and in the late 70s. So that kind of ties into when those uh, Mary and Therese were 1977. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he was definitely in the vibe of... And his first attack was 1971. 1971. So he's definitely was like, you know, it was a thing that he was doing and all of these people went missing Never found. And there's plenty of bushland between Newcastle and Sydney. Yeah. Plenty. And it's, it's kind of scary. Like I obviously am a sicko. So when I drive past a, you know, national park or whatever on the way from Newcastle to Sydney, I'm just like, what's in there? Like you just don't know. Well, that's it. Like I but, think. Because there's hundreds of thousands of hectares of it that you can't possibly, you know, sift yeah. through to find people and all of those missing people from Newcastle out there somewhere and it's so sad. Well, if we've learnt anything from all these 
cases that we've done is that, like, Australia is just, like, huge. Mm, it's vast. There's plenty of spots to hide people mm-hmm. and bodies and evidence and whatever mm-hmm. you want to hide. And Yep, your Prime Minister can just fucking your, disappear. And your Prime Minister can just disappear. Mm-hmm. There could be panthers lurking in the Blue Mountains. They could. It's, this is what our country is like, everyone. I feel like we're not selling Australia well to our non-Australian listeners. They're not going to want to come and visit? Probably not. Because all we're doing is telling them the bad stuff. But this um, is what it is. It is what it is. And there's fucking weird people here. And a crazy amount of space to hide things. And hide yourself, like with the uh, Crawford family murders that you did. Yep. You can just take off after doing something terrible. And, and never be found. never be found again. Or you can die on a beach and no one will know who you are. Exactly. Summerton Man. Ugh. You know what? It's all come back around full circle. It's bloody fascinating is what it is. It is. I hope everyone's found it as fascinating as we have. We have very much. I mean, that's Ivan Milat. It's awful. It's famous. He definitely fucking was involved. He did who it. Who knows but, if someone uh, else was involved. I, have a, I reckon he wasn't alone. Yeah. Because that doesn't make the different bullets, mm-hmm. the different directions that the... Yeah. Bullets came from. Totally. And all the beer and... Yeah, the campsites is a bit of a thing. You wouldn't just camp by yourself and... Drink all that beer. You know? Like it's... mm, It's it's weird. Something fishy going on. But yeah, that's season one. Season one. Ending on a... Very drunken note. (laughs) Very drunken note. But we really do love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll be um, back within a matter of weeks oh, with season two. You won't even know we're gone. You won't even know we're gone. Don't, and we've had the Don't best alert fun. the authorities. We haven't gone missing. We've had we'll fun and sad moments, but mm. also we've just really liked chatting to some other weirdos. Yes. So thank you for listening for the last time this season. Bye. Bye. Bye.